Welcome to the Tech Meme Right Home for Monday, October 2nd, 2023. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Apple says your iPhone might be heating up because of Instagram. Rumors suggest that Apple has a search engine in its back pocket if it ever wants to use one. Chromebook Plus is the moniker for high-end Chromebooks. And we have our first ever glimpse of that humane wearable AI device. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Apple has confirmed issues causing, quote, iPhone to run warmer than expected, like bugs in iOS 17 and apps like Uber and Instagram, which, hmm, quoting CNET. The company said the new phone's titanium frame and aluminum structure aren't contributing to the issue and that they dissipate heat better than the stainless steel used in prior Pro models. We have identified a few conditions which can cause iPhone to run warmer than expected, Apple said in a statement to CNET. The device may feel warmer during the first few days after setting up or restoring the device because of increased background activity. We have also found a bug in iOS 17 that is impacting some users and will be addressed in a software update. Another issue involves some recent updates to third-party apps that are causing them to overload the system. We're working with these app developers on fixes that are in the process of rolling out, end quote. Tech reviewer Farouk Korkmaz published a video earlier this week documenting his iPhone 15 Pro Max's temperature climbing to 98 degrees within minutes after he opened the Instagram app. The same thing occurred on his iPhone 14 Pro Max running iOS 17. Apple explained that recent updates to some third-party apps on iOS 17 like Instagram, Asphalt, and Uber overload the A17 Pro chip's CPU, causing the iPhone to get warmer than normal. The company is working with third-party developers to implement fixes. As a result, Instagram released an updated version of its app on September 27th. Neither Instagram, Uber, nor Asphalt 9 developer Gameloft immediately responded to requests for comment. There's no word when the software update that addresses the iOS 17 bug will come out, but Apple did explain that the fix won't reduce the iPhone's performance. In terms of charging, Apple said the 15 Pro and Pro Max support any USB-C adapter that's compliant with the USB-C standard, including USB power delivery. The company said the iPhone regulates itself to cap charging to a max 27 watts, and that if you're using a 20-watt or higher charger, the phone can temporarily get warmer as a result. Apple's support page notes that the iPhone may feel warm when you first set it up, restore it from a backup, or wirelessly charge it. That's been my experience with a number of previous iPhone models and Android phones. If you have an iPhone 15 Pro or Pro Max and are experiencing overheating, there are a few things you can try until Apple releases the iOS 17 update. Turn on low power mode from the control center or in the battery section of the settings app. This will kill any background tasks, temporarily limit the display's refresh rate to 60 hertz, and reduce the brightness. Don't keep your phone in direct sunlight or in an extremely hot environment for prolonged periods. And if, like Korkmaz, you suspect an app might be the issue, disable background refresh for that app under the general section in the settings app. End quote. Now, I said, hmm, at the start of this because people have some theories, like Patrick Moorhead, who said on Twitter, quote, I stick with my thesis that the 3 nanometer TSMC system on a chip didn't come in at spec. How many years have these issue-causing apps been on iOS? Instagram, 13 years. Uber, 13 years. Asphalt, 11 years. Sure, the code and OS has evolved, but there should be no surprises like this. Maybe the new and giant NPU, end quote. But other people are suggesting sabotage, like, is Zuck finally getting his revenge on Apple by making Instagram make the iPhone look bad? Probably not, but as Sebastian DeWitt said on Twitter, quote, 
2023, iPhone can take 30S photos at night showing the Milky Way. It can analyze and identify plant species in real time with AI and send an SOS message to a satellite in space. Instagram showing a feed of photos, however, can stress it to the point of heating up to 100 plus degrees, end quote. Sticking with Apple for a second, sources are telling Bloomberg that John Giannandrea's team inside Apple have built a next-generation search engine, codenamed Pegasus, for Apple's own apps. Might already be used right now in Spotlight and Siri, but it might also be coming soon to the App Store. Quote, if the iPhone maker's internal search technology ever gets into tip-top shape, Apple could theoretically offer customers a more integrated and private solution compared with Google. The public has already gotten a glimpse of what this could look like. The company built its own search engines for services like the App Store, Maps, Apple TV, and News. John Andrea, a former Google executive who now oversees machine learning and AI at Apple, has a giant search team under him. Over the past few years, his group developed a next-generation search engine for Apple's apps, codenamed Pegasus. That technology, which more accurately surfaces results, is already available in some Apple apps, but will soon be coming to more, including the App Store itself. But the best evidence of Apple's search efforts can be seen in Spotlight, which helps users find things across their devices. A couple of iOS and macOS versions ago, Apple started adding web search results to this tool, pointing users directly to sites that might answer their questions. During different points in time, those results were powered either by Microsoft's Bing or Alphabet's Google. Siri also uses that technology to offer up web results. Giannandrea's team is now looking to more deeply integrate Apple's search features into the iOS and macOS experience and potentially bolster the technology with its new generative AI tools. A few years ago, Apple introduced a web crawler called AppleBot, like crawlers from Google and Microsoft. This system scours the internet to index websites for future search results. It essentially exists to find sites that it can provide to users in Siri and Spotlight. Apple also has its own advertising technology team, which will be helpful if its search ambitions grow. That group runs the search ad functions in the App Store, delivers ads to Apple News, and the stocks and weather apps, and negotiates the advertising deals for streaming sports. That group already has many of the skills and salespeople needed to become the start of an advertising group for web search. To be clear, the technology at the heart of Spotlight and app searches is limited compared to what Google can do, but it does provide the underpinnings if Apple ever wanted to release a full search engine. AI also gives Apple a potential opening. The company's machine learning team has been seeking new engineers to work on search technologies, and Apple has made acquisitions that could lay the groundwork for a search engine. In 2019, it bought Laserlike, an AI-based search engine founded by former Google employees. Many of its leaders have since returned to Google, but the team still operates at Apple." End quote. Google has announced the Chromebook Plus certification for premium Chromebooks with qualifying specs like a 1080p webcam and display, 8 gigabytes of RAM, and at least 128 gigabytes of storage. Quoting The Verge, Much like Intel's Evo program for Windows PCs, the Chromebook Plus branding will be awarded to laptops that meet a set of minimum requirements. The idea is that even a shopper who's not familiar with PC specs can see the Chromebook Plus label on a product and be assured that Google thinks it's a good product. Chromebook Plus devices must have an Intel Core i3 or higher or AMD Ryzen 7000 CPU, an IPS panel with at least 1080p resolution, a 1080p webcam, 8GB of RAM, and at least 128GB of storage. There's an interesting absence here, battery life. In fact, the phrase battery life does not appear once in Google's press release. Curious. 
I asked Google spokesperson Peter Dew about this, and he provided the following statement, quote, All Chromebooks are required to meet a 10 hours battery life requirement based on internal testing standards. While not a new requirement for Chromebook Plus like the 1080p screen or 8 gigabytes of RAM, Chromebook Plus laptops must also adhere to this, end quote. I mean, I suppose... I'd love to know what these internal testing standards are. Regardless, Chromebooks are generally thought of as portable devices. Battery life contributes heavily to a product's viability as an on-the-go driver, and I have to wonder why it wasn't any sort of a priority here. Chromebooks that receive the Plus certification will have access to a few exclusive AI-powered features, some, but not most of which, were demoed at a press event last week. These include a magic eraser tool in Google Photos, which can automatically remove background elements, improvements to lighting and noise cancellation in video conferencing, and offline file sync, which automatically downloads files from Drive onto your device, something I'd be nervous about considering the sheer volume I have stored on Drive. More fancy things are on the way, including AI-generated wallpapers that you can create with text prompts, and a personal writing assistant, which sounds incredibly entertaining. Chromebook Plus products also come with a three-month subscription to Photoshop on the web and three months of GeForce Now's priority tier, RIP Stadia, end quote. How do you make a password that's strong enough so no one will guess it and it's impossible for you to forget and do it for a hundred different sites and make it so everyone in your company can do the same without ever needing to reset them? Sounds impossible unless you have one password. More than any other product I've ever told you about, I can vouch 1000% for 1Password. I can't live without it. 1Password makes strong security easy for your people and gives you the visibility you need to take action when you need to. Any device, any time, 1Password lets you securely switch between iPhone, Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. 1Password's award-winning password manager is trusted by millions of users and over 100,000 businesses from IBM to Slack. It beat out 40 other options to become Wirecutter's top pick for password managers. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at 1Password.com slash ride for your growing business. That's two free weeks at 1Password.com slash ride. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to 1Password.com slash ride. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ka-ching. As you know, I still run the first company I ever founded 25 years ago entirely on Shopify these days. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow the whole way. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is that you can take any business to the next level, even 25-year-old ones, but especially 25-day-old ones. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ride, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ride now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash ride in one of his newsletters last week casey newton made the point that 
between ChatGPT's surprisingly human voices that they introduced last week and Meta's AI characters recently introduced, we may be witnessing the rise of a new consumer internet era featuring synthetic companions. In other words, the world of that movie Her might be closer than we think. Quote, On Monday, OpenAI announced the latest updates for ChatGPT. One feature lets you interact with its large language model via voice. Another lets you upload images and ask questions about them. The result is that a tool which was already useful for lots of things suddenly became useful for much more. For one thing, ChatGPT feels even more powerful as a mobile app. You can now chat with it while walking around town or snap a picture of a tree and ask the app what you're looking at. For another, though, adding a voice to ChatGPT begins to give it a hint of personality. I don't want to overstate the case here. The app typically generates dry, sterile text unadorned by any hint of style. But something changes when you begin speaking with the app in one of its five native voices, which are much livelier and more dynamic than what we are used to with Alexa or the Google Assistant. The voices are earnest, upbeat, and, by nature of the fact that they are powered by an LLM, tireless. It is the earliest stage of all this. Access to the voice feature is just rolling out to ChatGPT Plus subscribers, and free users won't be able to use it for some time. And yet, even in this 1.0 release, you can see the clear outlines of the sort of thing popularized in the decade-old film Her. A companion so warm, empathetic, and helpful that, in time, users fall in love with it. The Her comparisons are by now cliché when discussing AI in Silicon Valley, and yet, until now, its basic premise has felt like a distant sci-fi dream. On Thursday, I asked the speaking version of ChatGPT to give me a pep talk to hit my deadline. I was running back from the code conference and already behind schedule. And as the model did its best to gas me up, it seemed to me that AI had taken an emotional step forward. And you can imagine the next steps from here. A bot that gets to know your quirks, remembers your life history, offers you coaching or tutoring or therapy, entertains you in whatever way you prefer, a synthetic companion not unlike the real people you encounter during the day. Only smarter, more patient, more empathetic, more available. OpenAI tends to present its products as productivity tools, simple utilities for getting things done. Meta, on the other hand, is in the entertainment business, but it too is building LLMs, and on Wednesday, the company revealed that it had found its own uses for generative AI and voices. In addition to an all-purpose AI assistant, the company unveiled 28 personality-driven chatbots to be used in Meta's messaging apps. Celebrities including Charlie D'Amelio, Dwayne Wade, Kendall Jenner, Mr. Beast, Snoop Dogg, Tom Brady, and Paris Hilton lent their voices to the effort. Each of these characters comes with a brief and often cringeworthy description. Mr. Beast's Zack is billed as the big brother who will roast you because he cares. A new chapter of social networking may be beginning. Until now, when we have talked about AI and consumer apps, it has mostly had to do with ranking, using machine learning tools to create more engaging and personalized feeds for billions of users. This week, we got at least two new ways to think about AI and social feeds. One is AI-generated imagery in the form of the new stickers coming to the Meta's messaging apps. It's unclear to me how much time people want to spend creating custom images when they text their friends, but the demonstrations seemed nice enough. More significantly, I think, is the idea that Meta plans to place its AI characters on every major surface of its products. They'll have Facebook pages and Instagram accounts. You will message them in the same inbox that you message your friends and family. Soon, I imagine, they will be making reels. And when that happens, feeds that were once defined by the connections they enabled between human beings will have become something else, a partially synthetic social network. Will it feel more personalized, engaging, and entertaining, or will it feel uncanny, hollow, and junky? Surely there will be a range of views on this, but either way, I think something new is coming into focus." End quote.
Finally today, apparently at Fashion Week in Paris, we got our first teased look at the humane wearable AI thingy. And it looks kind of like how we thought, quoting Apple Insider. For more than five years, Humane was the firm founded by ex-Apple executives that was definitely going to make something big someday. Then, for the start of what has become a teasingly slow rollout, Humane revealed that it was making a new wearable that looks like the communicator badges in Star Trek The Next Generation. In July 2023, the company announced that the device would be called the Humane AI Pin. Despite one short demo which revealed some of its functions without really revealing its form, the devices remained a mystery. However, black and white versions of the Humane AI pin have now been seen worn by models from the Paris-based fashion house Coperni at their 2024 spring-summer show at Paris Fashion Week. Humane describes the device as a, quote, screenless, standalone device and software platform built from the ground up for AI. While not saying whether wearers need to tap the device and only then say things like Picard to Enterprise, the company does say that there is no wake word and therefore no always-on listening. Humane has also repeated that the pin doesn't need to be paired to a smartphone and that it is powered by an unspecified Snapdragon processor by Qualcomm. Some sort of unveiling of the device is coming on November 9th. It's not known whether this will be an actual launch of the product. However, Humane has a priority access waitlist for people to be alerted when the device goes on sale, end quote. Click through to the link to the story in the show notes to see a picture. One week from today, I will be in San Francisco for the first ever AI Engineers Summit, and I'd like to see if we could set up a listener meetup for a week from today, for October 9th. The conference itself is at the Hotel Nico, which is 222 Mason Street, and the last time when I was out there for the comedy show, folks were able to hook us up with a bar nearby the show to host a Mutant Podcast Army get-together. So I'm putting the word out again, but this time, does anyone know a bar nearby the Hotel Nico that could host, if it's the same as last time, around 30-ish people for a happy hour around, let's call it, 7 p.m.? If so, get in touch with me at brian at techmeme.com. Thanks in advance. <laughs> 